0: has Susan lost? A living psychopath? What's rough about that? Well, he has got months of rehab ahead of her and Ellie's bank charged with murder.
1: Yeah, well, I feel sorry for B, and I'm really glad Ellie did it. Susan gets nothing
0: from me because she brought all this on herself. Meet the Kennedys at Lassiter's, Pull at
2: the waterhole. A cup of tea at Harold Sonia's nursery for a stroll. It's time to Buzz. CJ, Kate and Bea. let's get the
0: Neighbours. Hello, this is Neighbours. We are the Neighbours Recap Podcast and we pick apart episodes of the Aussie soap opera Neighbours. I am Vaya and I'm in Melbourne's PirateNet Studios in isolation, connecting to the other Neighbours gals also in isolation. We're using uh, Grayson Grace and Global, Pierce's telecommunications company, I've decided. He's running a media company, as well as hotels and wineries. And I have Kate. Where are you? You're remute on Twitter, usually.
2: Hi everybody. I'm still at the Anglesey Backpackers. It's pretty nice down here, pretty quiet. Getting a bit, little bit cold now, though.
0: Susan might be joining you soon if she ends up back in the doghouse with the Kennedys.
2: <laughs> oh my God. Susan, citizen of the year already.
0: <laughs> and we have Catherine Jones, also known as CJ the Hot Mess Mum on Instagram. Where are you?
1: I'm at the apartment that Carl and Izzy had their love tryst in. I think I need to update what happens here. Yeah. Because um, Carlin is here long done for. I saw someone
0: online mention Drew and Libby lived in an apartment nearby too.
1: Yeah, they did. The reason I think about it is when I actually interviewed at Neighbours, I mentioned the other week that um, Sky and Lana were on at that time. Mm. And I remember saying oh they said oh what would happen if they lived together like because i was really fleshing it out in my head they were going to be in a relationship great i said oh you know well they couldn't live on the street they'd have to go to that apartment and they laughed because they were like we've used it for so many people (laughs) so that's that's why i think about it
2: (laughs) i'd love a perfect blend deep dive into that apartment yeah well they've got time brothers
0: if you're listening yep well neighbors council business
1: the business again
0: Hard yakka this week. I'm finding I'm finding the drain of the ISO time really hit me this week. But one of the most wonderful items of council business happened just overnight as we record this. I went to bed and some people on the neighbours council our Facebook group said we're going to have a neighbours pub quiz. Jump online with us in the in the group, and I was like, okay, what's happening here? I've got to go to bed, and I woke up. And wonderful Charlotte was playing Quizmaster, running Neighbours Trivia that I think Cara helped her write. And there were like hundreds of people playing Neighbours Trivia all together in our Facebook group.
2: There was over a thousand comments in it. And I I looked at it on my phone on, you know, like 4G down here. And I thought, I'm not going to scroll through this.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So use all my data
2: up forever. But I'm so excited. Yeah, and it's going to happen again. People
0: have
1: put their hand up to write m- more questions. Uh, I, I have to come to one. You I, I have to use the detective mechanic um, meme that yeah. Kate made when I have to figure out a time zone thing. I'm not good at it. Uh,
2: we'll try and work it out because tonight, as we're recording, it's the last night of daylight savings for us, RIP. Oh. So the maths will be different tomorrow. And maybe if you guys could start it maybe an hour later. Then, because I think it started at 5:30 a.m. our time, and that's not a time I'm ever awake willingly. Mm. So, yeah, as
1: I was waking up, the quiz was ending. Ah. But what a
0: joyful situation that occurred.
1: Yeah. And just, like, congrats to everyone that participated and everyone that, you know, went to all that work to write questions and stuff. That's hard work. And, like, yeah. it's very endearing for, you know, our little podcast to see, see fandom happening in other little sections of the internet. It's fun. Community.
2: Hmm. I really love it. And, look, anything that celebrates all our love for neighbours is wonderful. Exactly. That's what brings us together. So whether whether it's the podcast
1: or the quiz, whatever. We're all just a neighbours' community. 8,000 episodes, so we'll never run out of questions. It's all good.
0: <laughs> yeah. And speaking of heroes in the council, citizens of the council, Olivia has been doing a lot of tech support for our UK friends that are now behind in um, episode airings.
2: So I, I feel you need to play Hero by Mariah Carey oh, here. Yes.
1: I love that song. By the way, um, I have like a, a story in my head, a, like a hallmark movie of the 25-year-old scientist, She w- would of course be female, that finds the vaccine and that's the song that plays oh, yes. when she finds it and she goes to present. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, hopefully next month. That'll be great.
2: Yeah. So I don't know if Olivia's finding the vaccine, but more importantly, just check out what's going on in the council and see There's a daily thread. And there's a link in there that's worth having a look at. Yes. And I've pinned it in our announcement section.
0: Olivia's just there as tech support. If you're struggling, a shoulder to cry on. And um, we should support work that Olivia's involved in. She's part of Options Theatre Company, a theatre company for people with disabilities. We've got a Facebook group, type in Options Theatre Company. So thanks for all your tech support, Olivia. And new member to the council is Donna, who's listening to our podcast in isolation. I sit in my car by myself, hiding away from my children and husband. You ladies are the highlight of my days. Oh.
2: That's living the dream right there. That's, that's a top tip that I'm going to take advantage of myself. <laughs> what a
0: picture you've painted, Donna. And big thanks on Patreon, patreon.com slash NeighboursPod, to Sabina, brand new subscriber, and Steph, who's chucked us a bit of extra patronage. Oh, it just really lifts the spirits. Thank you, gang, and thanks everyone else who's supporting as well.
2: Yeah,
1: we really appreciate it.
2: Thank you so much, guys.
1: Finally, Takaya, Honda,
0: Dr. Naka. He's just doing some content creation over on YouTube and he's running live streams with other Neighbours cast members' TAC Talks. How cool is that? (sighs) Wonderful. I haven't checked them out. I've just been in a funk and, you know, I've just, my main priority is getting this pod done, but I'm really glad all this other content exists. Yeah. So I will get to it. It's just, I can't right now, except I will be tuning in Monday because Bec Maloglu is on the agenda
2: Down here, we don't have any um, cable internet, right? So I'm like just trying to ration my internet as much as possible. So I feel like I'm kind of holidaying in the early 2000s down here. That's great. It was a great era. It was like maybe maybe a little bit post-September 11 instead of like plague year, but we'll be all right. Yeah, nice.
1: That sounds like a great time to go back to.
0: (laughs) This is business. It's not personal.
1: Now, deep dive.
0: What we are going to do is deep dive into Tuesday, the 31st of March, which is where the UK is up to right now with broadcast schedules. Spoiler warning, if you don't want to have anything ruined for the later part of the week, from here on out, we will be diverging. But um, we'll talk about Tuesdays and then after Tuesdays, we'll mention other stuff that happened. But I'm putting dates in all the titles so you'll know what to listen to. Or if you would like some tech support, again, check the Neighbours Council. You'll have other solutions presented to you. I
2: mean, it's kind of been the whole concept of the UK lagging behind is universally detested by every single fan, I think.
0: Yeah. Or just listen and be spoiled. Like a lot of people that I know, a lot of my friends don't watch the show. They just listen to us and they just keep up that way.
1: And what a what a time actually to be doing this because imagine if this had happened two weeks before Endgame or something. Oh my God. Do you know? Like... we wouldn't have been able to control ourselves. Like we'd be just having like conversations bagging out Gary or something and then being like, Gary's dead, Gary's (laughs) dead. (laughs) Um, So I think like that's the thing. Like probably they're going to lag behind in, you know, some solid ceramic pig storylines, you know. Like I don't
0: think you're going to mind that Mackenzie and Roxy were – trying to hoodwink her auntie. Yeah. And I I think you can be fine with waiting for that one.
2: Yeah. I mean, look, spoiler alert, we get to meet Auntie
1: Trish. She reminded me of um, Rebecca Napier. So it's probably good that Paul didn't come across her, you know. Let's hit the ground running on Tuesday.
0: It is the wake of Gary's wake. Because what's happened is they've had the bloody funeral and wake in Frangers, in
2: Frankston. Uh... Yeah. And Xanthi came. You know what I'd like to think? That it was held at the 21st Century Dance Club in Frankston, which has a revolving dance floor. I can't think
1: of anything better, Kate. That's, I mean, amazing. I wish they'd mentioned on the show. And do you know
0: why? Do you know why it was there? Because Naomi Canning probably organised it, his sister, who's fabulous and like an event planner for wrestlers.
2: Do you think she had the wrestlers there as well, just to like throw down his corpse? Yeah. Excellent. Because she flew down as well. This is one of
0: my favourite types of soap funerals, is ones that happen off screen. And they tell us that the you know, extended family have all made it and are there, but we don't have to see it. But then they can get together on the street afterwards and just do boring stuff like drinks.
1: Well, well, it's much more realistic, isn't it, that your actual friends and family come to your funeral than your neighbours? Yeah, definitely. And you have it in your hometown. Yeah. Um, listener Tom pointed out, though, how
0: much of a shitbag is Ben Kennedy Kirk? Not looking in on his bloody grandma who was held hostage and his auntie who's accused of murder, he was in
2: Frankston. Well, I mean, no. His eyes have been open to the, what kind of people Susan is. Yeah, people that let people
1: live with them rent-free. And also my only conclusion is that they flew into Morabin Airport. Oh, Yeah. And you know that is that's a very long small plane trip from Toowoomba. It, it is also for Naomi because she came from America, so that would have been an odd flight. But um, still, that's my only conclusion because Morabin Airport to hop over to see them—that's quite a journey, you know. Maybe maybe even Turidan. Well, I was
0: doing a lot of imagining because I because they didn't address where Naomi and Xanthi were staying. Like not at the house or anything and I just thought, well, where are they? And I thought maybe Xanthi's staying with a, another auntie in Frangers or maybe Naomi's just rented this fabulous Airbnb somewhere.
2: Oh, like at um, Mount Martha? Yeah. Just like, come on, Xanth. Like we haven't caught up. Let's go. And she's like, why would I want to go back to Aaronsborough and see Paul Robinson? She would already would have already seen him at the funeral and would have been like, mm, X. Oh, yeah. They were all exes. Like, everyone at that party,
0: when they were all toasting to Gary, it was like, okay, Paul is with Terage, who was with Gary, and Gary kissed Dippy and Dippy's there. And
2: it- My favourite part of it was when Sheila said, oh, you know, I've got you people here because, you know, you're some of his closest friends and, like, Puffy's there and Roxy's there. And I'm like,
0: hmm. <laughs> Roxy will go to any event, though.
1: Oh, poor Roxy. Imagine, like, she's being so sweet to Kyle, but also, like, it's so awkward. Yeah. Like they've just slept together, and she's like, Well, okay. Yeah, like um, we did
0: it twice. How much do you owe a person? Yeah.
2: I reckon it was pretty good. Okay, right. <laughs> uh, he'd have the, the ladybird moves.
1: Yeah. Genetically. Uh, I do not want to think about them being passed on. With any hope, Gary had some time to tell him about the moves.
2: No, but Kate's theory is Amy
1: passed them on. Oh, of course. Oh,
2: no, no. It oh, wasn't the theory that the ladybird wasn't a move as such, it was more his appendage is is especially pleasurable. And possibly that was a genetic oh, you know, link that he's passed down God. to Kyle.
1: I mean, you'd hope so.
0: <laughs> this is the ghost of Gary is ruining us further. I'm
2: now
1: imagining sort of a male area shaped like a ladybird and I'm sort of confused. <laughs>
0: it's limber. In honour of Gazcan, they release his pigeons, which I think is cruel because he told Dippy to look after them. <laughs> hmm. It's awful.
2: It's his pets. If he had a dog, would they just go, all right, See you, Skippy, on your way. I mean, to be honest, that seems like the kind of thing neighbours would do. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: that's what they'd do with Clementine, just the yeah. next door. Running off like the littlest hobo. And homing pigeons, which th- they're assuming, like you can't just release any pigeons and be like, okay, come home. They're trained to go, you go to a different location. Like my dad's pigeons, we would drive up to the, up the coast and release them there and then like the next day they would come back. Like, it's not just you release them above your house.
2: That's the whole point of homing pigeons. They come home. <laughs> you can put them up above your roof and they're like, okay, we're here. But they're pets. They're not like feral pigeons. I, I mean, I assume that they'll probably eventually be able to scavenge for themselves. But seriously, that's that's cruel.
1: Someone should be getting on whatever Facebook group caters for homing pigeons enthusiasts and saying, look, we've got this set of five and we're, we're not worthy. Can can someone come and rehome them? That's oh. what they should be
2: doing. Can you deprogram them to go to a different house? I'm sure you can. I think you can.
0: I was only very little when my dad had homing pigeons, so I didn't get into the ins and outs. Can
2: you message your dad and ask him? i
0: will see if he's awake. Because I assume that as a homing pigeon owner, you can move. We'll leave that running. We'll see if my dad gets back to me. Because the bottom line is they shat on everyone. It was – and they all got the giggles. And it was very fitting because that's exactly what Gary did the whole time he was on Ramsey Street. He shat on everyone. He shat everyone literally and metaphorically. Now, this all gives birth to the Susan and Sheila war because Susan comes over to pay her respects earlier in the day and Sheila's like, it's a private funeral, no Kennedys allowed – then, you know, comes over, but then Sheila has a big crack at her and blames Suze for the death of Gary, which really we should be heralding Susan. But that, see, look how much the sheen has worn off his sanctification. I'm just like back on to my old hatred. But um, Sheila's going through the stages of grief and she has set up camp in anger and she is not budging.
2: I don't blame her. There needs to be some justice in this world. And having your next-door neighbour house a psychopath who then killed your son – yeah, I don't think you, you're you obliged to be friends with him after this point. You should not have to be friends with her. It's But also, the justice system shouldn't have
0: allowed him to live there.
2: Oh, it's a travesty. It's another dark day for the um, Aronsborough police and legal system.
0: How much would I love it if Sheila just went down to Aronsborough police cop shop and just piffed bricks through their windows?
2: Yeah, that'd be good. <laughs>
0: CJ, I think all of our highlights from this episode is when Sheila went to drown her sorrows at the waterhole.
1: Yeah. So um, last week I said one day Kyle will tell Sheila that Paul stopped him from burning. <laughs> and it turns out Sheila and Paul have a lovely DM and Kyle didn't hold back. He told this straight away. Mm. Um, so firstly, Sheila is storming out of the house. She's looking for a keys. Everyone's trying to stop her from driving. There's the implication she's drank, but probably not that she's drunk. But just she's too emotional to be driving. By the way, this is a quick point out. She drove down to the pub. She didn't walk. (laughs) Yeah, I was like... What do I thought
0: we were going to cut to her and she's in Anson's corner or
1: something? No, no, no. She just—it's a very amusing distance because people can walk, people can drive, people like we don't know how far this place is. So, um, she heads down to the pub to have a shandy because that was Gary's favourite. Apparently, he was always too embarrassed to order
2: it, but she knew. Lucky when your mum's a barmaid and she can she can just make it and you can pass it off as beer. Yeah, she can
0: slip a little lemonade into your grog
2: and um.
1: Paul sits down, Paul goes after her and she told everyone not to go after her, but Paul, Paul knows better. And we are reminded in this scene because Paul has lost children. Mm. So he understands. And, you know, in crappy circumstances like this, not, well, there's no good circumstances, but still. So Paul sits down and they have a DNM and they are on the same level, which they are often. Mm. They, they're, they're, um, you know, Paul has a go at people that are beneath him a lot, but these two are always fighting at the same level. And it was so beautiful because Paul explained that it's always shit when you've lost your child, but you're going to get through it. And then they both have a laugh about how crap Shandy takes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was an adorable touch. And also she he points out that Gary was one of his favourite sparring partners, yeah. which I thought was a little bit... A bit of a stretch,
2: really. Yeah, because he was quite cruel to Gary, uh, um, openly. Gary wasn't his equal. <laughs> no. Sheila Sheila is more of his equal than when it comes to like cutting put downs. I think so too, totally, but I will say
1: that. I just think that is standard what you would say when someone's yeah, like in that situation. Yeah, it's a nice little sugarcoat.
0: So Sheila runs through the shopping list of all the stuff Paul did. Oh, so all those attempts at framing him for assault and breaking up his relationship with Amy and and his marriage with Therese, what were they? Just acts of extreme friendship? More like extreme sport. Yeah, it's just jokes. <laughs> Give as good as you get. Um, okay, maybe for for
1: you... <laughs> Not for the other person. Maybe rude of your daughter. What do you expect?
2: <laughs> it's true. <laughs> well, speaking of that, they um, FaceTime Amy as well. That was a nice touch.
0: That was the only other sad person they could find.
2: Um, I really
1: enjoyed that, though, because, look, Gary's funeral was very realistic. This is how this would happen.
2: Yes. I wonder if Shazcan and Brocan turned up. It would have been nice. Yeah, like to support their children.
0: But, you know, speaking of cans, the crematoriums called. Mm-hmm. Gaz is ready. Gaz can's ready. He's been putting the gas can can. Because we go, can He's become a literal <laughs> <laughs> Yep. The literal Gaz can he
1: lives on
2: in can form
1: on the shelf next to Frank.
2: Next to Frank can. I must
1: say that's so inappropriate because you could just imagine the receptionist from the crematorium being like hello it's Judy from the crematorium just want to know (laughs) when you'll be picking up Gary um I just feel like maybe an
2: email would have been a little bit (laughs) I'm sure I'm sure they've got a really sensitive way of you know broaching the subject but it was the day of the memorial it was very quick like that does not happen I mean, it was pretty charred. Maybe they didn't need to go the full, you know, like half an hour or whatever. no. Uh, Actually, their oven's just gone off and they're like, Gary's done. Ding. Ding.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Very efficient.
0: And even forensics was really efficient releasing that body. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Mm, Another dark day for Erinsborough
0: Police. Quick sticks, he's ready to go. I was
2: going to say, it takes much longer to get your pet back from the the crematorium. (laughs) Yeah, that's like four days.
0: And usually most humans... Because it takes hours, like, okay, I studied cremation for work, for hard quiz, and it takes hours for the process. Like, she shouldn't still be in her funeral blacks from that day when they call.
1: Maybe they did it ahead. I'm very confused.
0: Now, Sheila bails up Carl and she's like, I know you're innocent in all this and you didn't want Finn living on the street and I'm like, hang on a minute. She's not a dictator. Like the Kennedys had to make that decision as a family. And Carl was right. He's like, look, I gotta go look after my family, you gotta look after yours. We're not having this discussion.
1: And fair enough too. I thought he was excellent. That's how you should act in that situation. Well done, Carl. Um, I look I don't blame Sheila. I think that is do you reckon is blame one of the stages of grief?
0: I always look it up and then forget
1: because I feel like if my child had died in this circumstance, I would be looking for someone to blame. oh yeah, and the guy you can blame is dead as well, so yeah, so I'm going to blame the next the next person, <laughs> which is Susan,
2: okay, stages of grief we've got shock, denial, anger. Bargaining, depression, testing and acceptance. Because she's steaming through them, isn't she? Well done,
1: Sheila.
0: No, she's stuck on anger though. She can't move past it.
1: Yeah. Well, but she steamed through the other ones. <laughs> yeah, she got through denial in a sentence or two. That was great. So bargaining's up next, seeking in vain for a
0: way out. Now, over at the Ken Den, wow, Shoots hit the fan.
1: What has Ellie confessed
0: to her sister?
1: That not only did Finn have, a pin- uh, have feelings for her but that she had – them back and that they had kissed. I thought B's reaction was pitch perfect.
0: Just utter horror and, and...
2: bewilderment. Yeah. I reckon Bee's just kicking herself. Remember how much Bee distrusted her at the beginning when B started? Oh yeah. Should have held on to that. It was valid.
0: Yeah, like you ditched me when I was homeless and unhappy
2: at home. How did she ever forgive them for that?
1: Well, I guess she just I mean, she might have been homeless if she didn't forgive them. So also, she was homeless in Broome. It's very far away.
0: They all thought her dad was looking after her and Ulrika,
2: her stepmother. <laughs> that's, a, that's a bloody good Neighbours quiz question, that one there. Yes, save that. And then in the next
0: breath, Susan has to then say to Carl and Bea, well, I knew about their rekindling feelings.
1: It was wonderful how that played out. Carl is like, what the actual... Susan, what?
2: That should have been something that, that she at least shared with Carl like as a springboard of saying, yeah. I don't think this is a secret that we should be keeping from B. What's your thoughts on this?
0: And what are the symptoms of memories coming back? Is it yeah. falling back in love with your ex-girlfriend?
2: Maybe. And what's, what's the odds that his memory would regain? I mean, we've had like Susan it happened to pretty quickly. Of course it was going to happen to him to, as well.
0: Jack Callahan.
2: Yep. He found God again.
0: Although, in Susan's defence, because I'll fight for her to the bitter end, Carl is Colin de Kennedy. He cannot be trusted with the secret.
2: Don't you dare defend her. She's a, she's my citizen of the, the year so far. Um, I will. She's got a lot her... of redeeming to happen. It's a complete
0: farce that she let him live with them. But I'm not telling Kennedy, Colin de
1: Kennedy, my secrets.
2: But the way she's she's been laying the boot into Ellie has been appalling.
1: Actually, when you were saying that B was pitch perfect, at one point she looks at Susan and says, "Susan, no."
0: Yeah, that was perfect. I knew that Finn and Ellie had feelings
2: for each other only for a while. Oh, I'm so sorry. No, please, be. Susan,
1: no. That was awesome, and I think look, more people at this point need to look at Susan and go, "Susan, no." Yeah, B.
0: Solves this family issue. Like, she goes off to talk to Harlow. It's nice that they've reconnected since their mine time. Mine hangs together. You know what's great is that Harlow, okay, Harlow's in a terrible position. She's lost her mother. She's gone through this horrible trauma. And then B comes in and she's like, girlfriend, want to hear my shit? My psychopath ex who tried to kill me also secretly loved my sister, but she was into him and then they made out. And and Harlow must be sitting there going, my life's shit, but wow. I'm glad I'm not them. Like,
2: <laughs> <laughs> she's like, at least I've still got people who haven't been backstabbing the crap out of me.
0: So I did appreciate that. And then she's like, well, at least you've still got a fam. And B's like, point taken, and goes back to the Ken Den sees Susan literally drop her bundle, like drops a tray of veggies, which was totally 100% me earlier in the week. Like I upturned my dinner plate. It landed face down on the ground and I immediately burst into tears like Susan did with the vegetables. Like it's part hormonal, it's part end of the world, but I was there with Susan with the veggies. And B's like, well, I don't want my auntie to get MS, like get back into a relapse, so I'm going to go get my sister and drag her ass back over here. So then Ellie has had the biggest day of her life. In the morning, she was charged with the murder of Finn Kelly. By afternoon, she'd made bail. And then later that day, she's got to move house. That's a lot.
2: Barely any time to breastfeed amongst that as well. Well, no, because Esther's transitioned now to formula (laughs) because of
1: Finn. Thanks, Finn. (laughs) Gosh. I mean, I I don't know. I know that it's a great vehicle her being on these charges, so because we get to see Skye as a police officer and there'll be a court case and there'll be all these other things, but maybe some women's prison action. But at the end of the day, like, I don't know. I just think it is ridiculous that she's being charged with this.
2: Surely the forensics would exonerate her just straight away. they go, it was a blow to the head by this rock.
0: Kate, can you
2: run us through
0: now Dr. Nacker's back back on shift at Erinsborough Hospital and he's got a tough day at work with um his nemesis Dr. Barinsky.
2: Yeah. Oh, look! In great news for Erinsborough Hospital. They've um employed a new doctor. I mean, maybe he's just filling in for David while he's been on sick leave. But he actually seems to be on the on the ball. So David has booked a psych consult for Harlow, um, which look I think is really understandable. She's just had her mother die in a horrific explosion. And she podcasted it. She got to hear it. Yeah. Oh horrendous she's also been um shoved down a mine to you know, left to die by a psychopath who then piffed a bloody snake at her she's been in a bloody coma from the snake bite she's been through a bushfire you know i don't think it's a big call to call for a psych consult. and yeah he diagnoses her with ptsd and the other doctor's like are you kidding ptsd
1: i'm like their shoe fits Dr. Budinsky, like, it's PTSD. There's been some traumatic stress. Yeah, and to cap that off, they've got her on medication. So, like, how dare you say – and also the way that he said it to the family, she doesn't need a psych consult. Like, do your consult. Report back, no, I don't think she has a psychiatric issue. I think she should have counselling to get through the
2: environmental factors. Do that. They're in a public hospital. It is no skin off their teeth to get the psych to come in. No.
0: And did you notice, Kate, that the nurse had already diagnosed essentially the problem? The nurse had reported to Dr. Nacker that perhaps Harlow was suffering withdrawals from her meds.
2: Surely um, if people get this after coming down from their induced coma drugs, surely they would step down the medicine in a more, you know, in an appropriate manner and know that this is something to look out for. Yeah, Erinsborough Hospital though. Yeah. But particularly with
1: a kid who has, like, probably no drug resistance. Like, I know that she would have got a lot in osmosis from the pregnancy with Prue, but um, <laughs> she she's a freshie. She doesn't have experience at, like, surgeries and comas.
2: She's like Sandy from Grace, man. She wouldn't have even had a you know glass of champagne.
1: Yeah. I mean, give her a couple of years in Ramsey Street, she'll have comas up the wazoo. But for now, she's pretty fresh to the drugs, so, you know.
0: Give her a chance. So if anything, Dr. Naka should just listen to his nursing staff and say, oh, actually, their
2: instincts are right. Yes. I'll check that as well. Look, I think everyone's to blame here. New doctor, yep. No, your shit for saying she doesn't need a psych consult. And Dr. Naka, listen to y- your colleagues.
0: P.S. How's Aaron just visiting his boo-boo at work at the hospital?
1: He had no business being there. <laughs> oh, he is the best doctor's husband. I love it. Uh, but they're left
0: two housemates down now because calls back at the cannery. Ellie's back at the Ken den.
1: You know what? The past few weeks, as I'm a landlord, the past few weeks I've just been waiting for my tenant to drop off financially, and this is what happened to these poor this poor couple. Every time they came home, they lost they lost a rent.
2: <laughs> like they're like, oh shit, mm. they definitely need a new housemate yeah, And I think it's actually a prime s- space for Ned to move into.
0: Oh, wonderful idea! He he needs to break free from his auntie, his ex
2: stepmom. Oh yeah, I forget.
0: I always forget what everyone is. Um, well, shall we, because I've bled into later in the week, if you don't want spoilers, you can pause and come back to us in the future, your future, our past.
1: Um, to be honest, Mackenzie moving onto the streets already spoiled at the uh, the start of the week in the um, titles. Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. Where is she going to live? Because, you know, there is a very convenient bedroom opened up by the from the boys there at Darren's house. How fun would that be? Yeah. Just living
0: with some
1: cute gay men for your final year of school. That'd be lovely. Yeah, one of them's a doctor, one of them's – like they've got a lot of bases covered, health, science. Yeah, Dr. Naka make
0: sure you're eating right for your exams.
2: Oh, Dr. Naka would be like, mate, you're studying right now. Yeah.
0: And Az would be like, come on, let's do a lap around the block, let's go. Yep. Because Trish has been called to work in Fremantle and obviously doesn't want Mackenzie to have to be un- like uprooted when she's just settled into a school that – is not an asshole to
2: her. What's Mackenzie actually thinking that it's a possibility that she could possibly move into Shane and Dippy's house? Because, you know, obviously Shane and Dippy, Yashfi, Toady, Nell and Hugo, there's six people living in that house already and she wants to shoehorn herself in there. It's like when the Brady Bunch brought in Cousin Oliver. It's like, where are you guys putting Oliver? There's no room. Yeah, like, why is she asking Dippy and Shane? She should be asking Toadie. It's his bloody house. mm she should be saying, hey, you look
0: like you've got a lot on your plate. Recently injured man who runs two businesses and has two little kids. Would you like Olivia living au pair? Because I can do that for you. That, that does
1: sound
2: like a good plan for him, actually.
1: Because she's available after school for school pickups. And then she can teach them stuff.
2: And then that's it. I mean, I think technically Dippy and Shane are meant to be helping them that for, like, they're bored. Oh, but they've got grief. Dippy's jumped through a few rings
0: of grief and she's she's right in the middle now
2: oh my god i tweeted this week about dippy which is always a bit chancy because sharon like watches the dippy mentions pretty closely i tweeted dippy's got a talent for making herself the center of every crisis and sharon replied to me with it's what's written for me and like the shrugging emoji and i just replied saying it's not you sharon it's dippy they need to find her some outside interests
0: that's exactly what she does the truth hurts shaz This is what Dippy's doing. Yeah.
1: But also, you said Dippy. You didn't say, Sharon. No, no. Look, they're all
0: going stir-crazy with the Rona, so they've imprinted onto their characters. And CJ, we've got a little ceramic pig
1: Finally. We did. Um and you know, look it was a respectful ceramic piece, which I <laughs> which I liked. I mean, there was it was a little bit ceramic with pigeons pooing, but also that was also perfect. So, you know. Um, so Mackenzie is trying to seduce the Rebecca's into her living there. And she's basically popping in and out and everyone's like, Look, dippy has got stress and depression and her friend died. And she's like, oh, God. So she's not going to fall. Stop trying to cook for her.
2: Yeah, she wants to cook her a curry. Oh, <gasps> that. I was like, oh, this, yeah, feels a bit weird. You're going to cook the, the subcontinental lady a curry? Yeah, no, no. Offer something else.
1: Yeah. And also, like, she runs a cafe. So almost every food that she could think about making, probably dipping into it better.
2: Just come over with a bottle of wine. Use a deconstructed taco for you guys to share.
0: <laughs> it's all in different boxes Well, he's a constructed taco I saved you the trouble
2: Yeah, or
1: I went down to the, um, the burgers Grease monkeys and got you the chips That Roxy's always getting people <laughs> And then she'll just be annoyed She's like, how dare you go to my competitor to buy me a gift anyway so Roxy's floating about and she's like tell me about your problems and they're they're two really I don't know if they've really had much to do with each other but they've got a connection with Harlow yeah um Harlow's the glue between them both so Roxy says oh look I'll help you do a swifty on your aunt (laughs) that seems like child's play to me (laughs) I can do swifties on anyone and Roxy does need a distraction it was lovely how Mackenzie took the
0: time to say hey you're going through some issues too. You were on Bum Island with
1: trauma. Yeah. She was. Well, she is um wise beyond her years, Mackenzie. Yeah. They scheme together to say, look, you're not gonna move into the Rebecca's, you're going to move into Trajan's and Paul's house. Um, Harlow's your friend. This is quite fitting. But you're not actually gonna do that. You're gonna live at the apartment. Cause Trish is just leaving
0: it open.
1: Yeah, well it's like party of five, but party of one, just Mackenzie. Um <laughs> And she's going to stay there and she's going to live there. And i that's not a bad idea because I think moving into all these places is probably
2: not a good idea. Isn't Auntie Trish going to cut off her electricity when she leaves? Well, yeah, you'd think so. But maybe she's just a bit of a hot mess. Hot, 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 hot mess. Hot,
1: hot, hot. So they have a little hijinks game where firstly Roxy dresses up. As a nerd, as she puts it, she wears Harlow's clothes and glasses.
0: And Harlow probably needs them to read books in hospital.
1: Yeah, well, I don't know. Maybe Harlow doesn't need to read anything at the moment. <laughs> she's had enough information thrown at her. So she dresses up and she just makes fun of everything that's in their house. So at one point, Auntie Trish is like, Ooh, who's that man in that photo with the tattoos? And she's like, Oh, that's one of the youths that um, Therese helps out, but it's Ned. <laughs>
2: He's is, is unfortunate. Didn't she say something like that?
1: Yeah. And she suggests, like, he's not living there at all. Don't worry about him. Plus, don't worry. He's, he's done with schoolgirls. He's, he's into first year uni students now. <laughs> just. Just. And Arnie Trish, none the wiser. At one point, Therese comes home and Arnie Trish is shoved out the back door and she still doesn't really even click. <laughs> yeah. Arnie Trish was born yesterday. Mm. She's
0: got nothing. Got she should go work for Aaron'sborough Police.
1: Yeah, maybe that's what she's doing. She's going to
0: work be a police officer. She just takes everything at face value. So it's T B C how this is all gonna wash out, but obviously Mackenzie's not gonna live or, live on her own in Trisha's house. Who else do we get to see this week though, Kate? One of your faves?
2: Oh yeah, Aaron'sborough's least favourite rich bitch, um, Claudia, is back in town. And she's she's let Susan know she's coming, but then um Susan didn't let anyone else know until she texted saying she was on her way from the airport. Ellie finds out and Ellie's like, I don't want to see her at all. Even I think Carl was like, yeah, I don't think this sounds like a good idea. And Susan's all like, oh, no, she's just lost her two sons. And Ellie's, like, flash out could not be more clear that she does not wish to see Claudia after the previous time she saw her. And sure enough, Claudia's in their house. And is going
0: to be immediately toxic, as is her way. And also,
2: Susan, not one week
0: ago, was in a cabin being held hostage with the man who was saying, my mother was, you know, emotionally abusive to me as a kid. She wouldn't let me meet my baby
2: brother. She, you know, didn't want me. She didn't pay my kidnapping ransom. And then and also, and you were the mother I never had, which Susan made sure to tell Claudia this, which I'm like, oh, that is like, yeah, she's a bitch, but still that is twisting the knife.
0: That was hard, yakka. That was was like, hold some of it back, Suze.
2: Susan has no tact at all or like even the ability to white lie as we saw last week.
1: I just think the appropriate thing to do is to say, look, he, look, he, he wasn't well. He just rambled about things. It was hard to make sense of what mm. he was saying.
2: And just that
0: he wished he'd had a better relationship with you. Just gloss over
1: it.
2: But also a weird moment for me back at the house, right? So Ellie brings out Aster and it's actually Aster 2.0. Because they had were filming so many scenes this week for Aster, they brought in like um, a stunt Aster. And this Aster's um, another beautiful baby, but she's she's much bigger than four months old, isn't she? Do you want to know the weirdest part of this whole Claudia situation for me? So my children, it's a very short list of people who have ever changed their nappies, like probably less than five people, I would say. And Ellie has let Claudia, a woman that she doesn't like and distrusts, go and change your baby's nappy. Like, that's such an intimate thing to do for a child, I'm just like, what's going on, Ellie? What's wrong with you? There's a, an element of protectiveness in your body that would say, "No, you're not looking at my child." So Claudia's trying to connect with her grandchild that she hasn't met yet, but
0: also has lost two sons. But then also says, "Oh, you know, it doesn't surprise me. I, I doesn't. What do you mean it doesn't surprise you? Your son killed a bunch of people, threw some people down a hole, sent Toadie off for six months in a leaky boat, and you're saying it didn't surprise you." Maybe call the fuzz and tell them that some non-surprising stuff is coming.
1: I agree. But at the end of the day, she has been anti-Finn since what? Finn was like 14. Born? (laughs) Yeah. So at the end of the day, she's been like, she's basically saying, well, I told you so, didn't I? I mean, if it was up to me, he'd still be up in the ransom place. (laughs) So, you know, I could have saved all your life, but he got out. So anyway. that's true. We'd have to get um, Beck legal on this, but I don't think she's under any obligation to have asked to see the grandmother, particularly under these circumstances. She She's a victim of crime. Um, she's up on charges for, you know, domestic violence, reaction, killing her abuse. <laughs> no. Like they, these are not normal circumstances, but even if they were, I don't think she's under any obligation.
2: Well, I mean, Ellie has said that she's got, a very good lawyer, Jared Rebecca, and I'm like, oh. No, hon. No, no, he's not very good. Get at least Tyco. Ring Tim Collins. Yeah.
0: And then we got Bech Dahl's least favourite word, custody, because Claudia's up
1: calling her own legal eagle saying, I'd like to start a custody dispute. I mean, I think she could win if Ellie goes up on charges. <laughs> don't get me wrong. Also,
0: I'm pretty sure Ellie, with the whole lighthouse keeper situation, she probably named B in a will as a legal guardian or something.
2: Remember I that's what I said before Endgame. I said, Oh Ellie's gonna die, but then it's gonna turn out that because Sean's dead that um Ellie did a, a will with Toadie beforehand, like as soon as Asta was born, which is yeah, very unlike her, but maybe maybe she just got all <laughs> her shit together for this one occasion. Maybe. Also another storyline this week was that Dr. Nacker, Chloe, and Ellie have all managed to see um, Finn's video? Yeah, the Finn up his vlog. Oh, this. Mm. <laughs> so what happened is that obviously Detective Mechanic had it on his lappy, took it over to show to his brother-in-law because his brother-in-law is, you know, like not going well mentally. And so Doctor Nacker goes, "Oh yeah, well, I guess I wasn't really to blame." And then Chloe found out about this and was like, "Can I see it?" And she, he's like, "No." So then he took the computer back to the the former Brendan. And she managed to, in like the quickest file transfer of all time, um, pop it onto a USB and without him noticing. Absolutely not. It takes at least
0: a minute and a half for a neighbor's file to transfer across to USB and that doesn't have video.
1: Exactly. Um, you know how, you know, a, a famous artist won't be appreciated enough until after they're dead? Fin Up never got this many views when it was live. <laughs> I mean, he's basically an influencer now. I thought this was so ridiculous because firstly, why is it even in any way okay for him to be using evidence to just settle his brother-in-law down? His detective mechanic happened. End of story.
2: Oh, yeah. No, it's it's so unethical. It's him 100%, isn't it? And you know your sister's a nosy, Nelly. Don't do your police work at home. What what I don't get, though, is that oh, – look, look, I'm not a legal legalist, so I'd have to defer to Beck on this, but – Surely this is going to be disclosed to Ellie and her legal team pretty imminently anyway, this evidence. And
0: how's poor Ellie? Like I did feel for her. And so Chloe's like skimmed it and gone, oh, Ellie, check this out it'll make you feel better. And the first thing Ellie and B watch is Finn saying, she kissed me and it triggered me. And Ellie's like, it tri- I triggered the psychopath. Like uh, rightly so. If you're going to give sensitive
2: content out like that, Chloe, at least screen it properly. I love it how Susan was just like, no, I'm not going to look at it. It's like, oh, whatever, Susan. Might give you some sympathy for Ellie, might it?
1: <laughs> Everything in your life will be going along smoothly.
0: And then something happens out of the blue.
1: Unfair dismissal.
0: You attempt a homicide.
1: Or you didn't shake hands when you agreed to co-own that second-hand car. And you
0: have to get your affairs in order. But you never did legal studies. So now you need a good lawyer. But you can't really afford one. So you consider someone nearby you can trust.
1: Well, someone nearby.
0: Jared Rebecca, Lawyers. No win, no charge.
2: But if you could pay me anyway, that'd be sweet. I might have to go on the dole soon.
0: Shall we, since we're feeling the vibes now, segue into Shitizen or Citizen? Yep. Right before we do, my dad's gotten back to us about homing pigeons. I said, can homing pigeons learn a new home? And he says, after a while, and after they have babies, they stay in their new home. Ah, yeah, they've got to lay an egg. Yeah. Thanks, Dad. Uh, He'll never hear this. Um, So I'm going to – right off the back of that, I'm going to go into Citizen of the Week, and that's B Nielsen. The shit she had to cop this week, Mm. finding out all that malarkey, and then rising above it within the hour to then reunite her family, and then tearing strips off of Chloe for showing that video to her sister, putting Susan in her place, like doing – just getting it all done in that lovely blue wrap dress. She forgave Ellie as well. She's
2: letting Ellie move back into yeah. their house.
0: And is going to be nice to her and talk to her. Like, wow, you could totally freeze her out for a couple of weeks, mate. Oh, yeah. I appreciate this week, B. Uh,
2: My citizen for this week, and I'm sorry because I'm going to steal it straight off CJ here, and it's Paul Robinson. <laughs> what a beautiful man, the way he comforted Sheila and how they shared their experiences of losing their sons. And it was just – it was a really lovely moment to see. It's its yeah. always really nice to have both Stefan and Colette in the same scene together. And it was – yeah, it was just really nice to see them as friends as well. Beautiful.
1: Yeah, a bit of a truce moment. Um, I'm going to double up and give it my Citizen to Paul again. But for a different thing, we haven't spoken about this, but when everyone got behind Kyle at the tram, the 82 – Oh God, I loved that! Thank you for bringing it up, CJ. Yes, it's all right. Well, I was in love with Paul in that outfit, as as I was billionaire Pierce, um, but they all got behind him in a way that only neighbours people could. Yeah,
2: I feel like we have a Frozen two reference here, where you say to Paul, "I prefer you in leather."
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: I do. A nice <laughs> leather
1: apron and a little jaunty hat. Ding, ding. Also, like, Pierce, you're a billionaire.
0: Here's how we help Kyle. Because they're like, you don't have to open the tram. And he's like, well, yeah, we're a small business. We've got to make money. Pierce, just pay for the rest of his bloody rent on that tram for the
1: week. and Let the poor man grieve his dad. Or just um, pay for some of the staff from the hotel to go over there and work. Yeah, great.
2: Oh, uh, You know what? Speaking of Pierce's bank account, when Chloe said to Ellie, how can I help you? What's some way I can help you? I was like... Get your husband to pay for the best lawyer in Melbourne who will get her off these charges. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Look up whoever got OJ off. I can't remember who that was, but get them in town. Johnny Cochran. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think possibly just get a Melbourne QC and they'll sort some shiz out. Someone without a hole to the head. That's all we need. Someone who doesn't have to do like property settlements <laughs> as their bread and butter. Or at worst, get Emmy on a plane. Emmy. Emmy. She got
0: Finn off. Actually, someone tweeted – sorry, I'm so vague at the moment because of ISO life. I don't know. I am not name-checking as much as I should. Someone tweeted me and said, this is Immy's fault
1: because she
2: got Finn off these charges. Yeah, (laughs) Therese should be feeling so much um, guilt from that.
1: Yeah. Nah, everyone deserves good legal representation, just not Ellie apparently. No. Well, next week I'm
0: excited because I've seen some promos that show a grief circle. Of like a counselling circle and I'm pumped for it. It's going to be great. That's exciting. (laughs) Literal circle of grief. Yes. Gals, where are you guys hanging out online?
1: I'm at Remude on Twitter. CJ. At CJ the Hot Mess Mum. And it's just me and cooking at the moment. Come by. Yeah. Vays on Instagram or we
0: are all on the Neighbours Council just basking in the community love vibe. Go watch that live stream back of the pub quiz. See if you can get your answers in. Thanks for keeping the home fires burning. It's tough, but we're going to figure it out. We are neighbourspod.com, by the way, for our back catalogue. Thanks for your support. And we'll be back next week. So we'll chat to you then. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much. Bye.
2: Bye. Bye. Bye.